Bad, immoral, and wrong. This is the Modern Eater Show. Piping hot and delicious. The Modern Eater. Food, 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 food. Come and get it. And now your hosts, Greg Hollenbeck and Jay Parker. All right, yes, it is, and here we are live on the air everywhere. Greg Hollenbeck, Jay Parker, and uh, this is a treat. Jay, we're live from the goods tonight. Yes, we are live from the goods tonight, and it's beautiful. There's a full dining room, and uh, the drinks are flowing, and the food is sizzling. Hey, let me set the stage. So this is going to be a good one. I, uh, so I was born on Colfax. Well, not on Colfax, but St. <laughs> Anthony's Hospital in 1972. So uh, as uh, they had hospitals th- back in seventy two, they, they did. They absolutely wow. did. And then uh, progress, uh, you know, a uh, couple 15, 18 years. There I am, East High School, and um, Cherry Creek guy. Grew up on Sixth and Jackson, right? So uh, Colfax is something that's been near and dear to my heart for many, many years, just because it's got so much history to it. So broadcasting live from the Goods Restaurant is a pleasure for me because we're going to learn so much tonight. So uh, let's do this. We'll introduce him right now. He's the owner of the goods, and he's the two and only, the hardest working man in show business right there. His name's Mark Whistler. Welcome to the Modern Eater Show, Mark. Thank, thank you guys so much for uh, coming in tonight and having me on the show. Uh, great lineup. You want to hear about it, Mark? Yeah. All right, so here it is. In the next segment, we'll break and we'll talk to – we've been following the Top Chef saga. All right, season 15. We're up to episode seven, and our own Carrie Baird from Bardo, Chef Carrie Baird, is a contestant in the all filmed in all Colorado this year, and also Brother Luck from Four by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs. He was he was eliminated last week. He was asked to get his knives and go this last week, but Carrie, she's still in the thick. She's in the hunt and uh, taking a little hiatus. In Sun Valley, Idaho, Carrie Baird will join us for another update. We've been doing weekly updates, uh, and Carrie will join us in the next segment to do a little update of Top Chef. So we'll, we'll break away from That's the awesome. goods for just a minute there. And then um, this will be a cool thing. John Irvin from Gluten-Free Things. We're going to talk about gluten-free in the kitchen and just the growing need for these dietary restrictions. And John Irvin, uh, none better when it comes to gluten-free. But then the next hour... Mark, this is a highlight. So Charlie Woolley, he's the president and founding principal of St. Charles Town Country Real Estate. And Charlie's going to, he knows a lot about Colfax, right? Yeah, yeah, he does. And the Tattered Cover Building, right? He owns the Tattered Cover Building? Yes. And so here it is, the Goods Restaurant on Colfax and Elizabeth. You're right here attached to the Tattered Cover Building. So, Charlie, we, we know him all well. Everybody knows him, right? Yep. And Charlie's going to come on the show, and we're just going to talk about... Uh, this, so they do the State of the, uh, the Union address, the State of the State address. You'll, you'll get Hickenlooper doing the State, of the, uh, the State of the State. But here comes Charlie Woolley. He's going to do um, the State of Colfax. I love it. How, you know, where has it been? Where's it come from? Uh, I, I love history, and Charlie, uh, really none better. And then um, help me with this name. He's the president of Colfax BID, Frank. Uh, Locantori. 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 Yeah, Colfax BID, I believe founded in 2006. And Frank's going to come on the show because he he's an advocate for Colfax and yeah. the development. Yeah, Frank along with Charlie, I mean, they're both just amazing. And just the way they support the community and independent business, I mean, they're really um, just pretty amazing guys for all of the infrastructure of the neighborhoods around here. 
So 7.30, we're going to let our hair down. And, Mark, you got a little bit of that to <laughs> let down. It's funny, Jay, i got to tell you, uh, occasionally you'll catch Mark, and he'll be, you know, the dinner rush is over, he has, and he's got to readjust his hair. But Mark's got this flowing, long gray hair. <laughs> And he'll take it down, and it's just it's just right there in front of you. It's and his so, uh, man mane. Yeah. So the man mane for all of us comes down at 730. To- totally going to get a haircut now. Dustin, no, don't get a haircut. <laughs> Dustin Evans, um, distiller owner of Rocker Spirits, is going to come on the show. And we're going to play around with three signature Rocker cocktails. And uh, he brought along uh, TJ uh, Vitlichil. Vit- that's perfect. T.J. Vitlichil is going to come on from Brigade, and we're going to make cocktails. And I think I know how to make the best cocktail ever. It's an old-fashioned. I call it the Old Greg fashion, uh, fashioned after uh, Old Greg. Do you know who that is? It's a, yeah. (laughs) Do you like Bailey's? Right? (laughs) Exactly. Hey, hey, listen, just to interject, Greg. The rocker truck's out front, too. The rocker truck is out front. And go to the Modern Eater Facebook page and the Modern Eater Instagram, and you can see video and pictures of all the fun stuff that is going to be happening tonight. But, uh, Greg, if his old-fashioned isn't the best old-fashioned in the world, Mark, then then we have rights to talk uh, trash because uh, he sent me to the store for special ingredients for this. I uh, made my own simple syrup. All organic, and I like to use brown sugar in my old fashioned. So there it uh, is. It will be the best. Uh, you know, it won't be yours. Use you, you know pouring Coors Light all night long, and then taking a sugar packet and mixing it up with some water and throwing some or you know some orange juice concentrate in a glass. Mark, you're the owner of the goods. What the goods? How long have you been the owner for? I guess we uh, we've been here for about 16 months now. Yeah. Yeah. Hasn't been easy. No, no, it has not, but it has been an incredible journey. So we fell in love. I fell in love with you, Mark. Just You come to the goods, and you see Mark, and we say it every single week when we talk about you. Um, you're, you're here morning to close. You're, you're a guy that there's no job, too big, too small. You're, you're with the people. You're greeting people. You're a host. You're, you're, you're a reservation taker. You're a bartender. You're a line cook. Is that what it takes to be a small businessman, as a restaurant owner these days? I think in this business, you have to wear all gloves. You definitely have to uh, just really step in with your crew and be there for them. And uh, I think beyond that, just have a really good eye on your business and really understand what's happening within your business. I can't see how it just you you couldn't be a distant owner. It just Mark J. Parker here. I have a question for you. As a, a local business owner in the community, and you're here every single day, and you put your blood, sweat, and tears into this. And Greg and I see it, you know, a, a weekly. What would you want to tell somebody who's on the outside looking in that says, "Hey, listen, you know, restaurant. How hard could it be? You know, you probably have a million dollars, and uh, everybody comes in and enjoys your delicious." Yeah, you take but, a bow, right? Shake a hand, kiss a baby, <laughs> that's it. sit what? in you know, your it, corner booth right, with the favorite drink booth, with a baggie cocktail. of your native soil, and you just uh, watch everything happen while you, the cash register rings. Right, that's it. That's just just what that, you, exactly what that would simple. You say to somebody who's like, you, "You've got to make you're a restaurant owner." Um, you know, actually, I was having this conversation the past week, and uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to pronounce this right, but uh, I, there's a kind of an old Greek thing, and it's called the Sword of Damascles. And, you know, a lot of this guy, I think it's Denosis, Den- I'm not sure how to pronounce it. But anyway, he's on the outside looking in, and he sees this guy with great power, and he says, Boy, I would love to have your position. And so he, he actually gives him that job for like a day or two. 
And then, and then he realizes he doesn't want the job. And the reason why is because he's got a sword hanging over his head by a horsehair all the time. Is that and, how you feel? That's really, I, you, this is a tough business. Yeah. The margins are tight and you got to work your butt off. So and as our friends come in from Intrepid Sojourner, there's Ben. And come on down and join us. Colfax and Elizabeth, it's the goods attached to the tattered cover building. We brought some beers to sample. Nice. Hope you don't mind. Uh, uh, impromptu tasting. I do have to say, though, that this is the highlight of being an owner and in this situation you know being able to meet amazing people like you guys in the culinary community and then also you know when we do have a moment to take a breath which is very rare Mm -hmm. but this is what makes it all worth it if you haven't been who you are throughout the 16 months would the good still be around i don't think so man yeah you gotta gotta roll up your sleeves and clean a couple toilets so you're the guy for the job (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you I what. So. So it's like it's like uh, he's just crazy enough to do it, right? Yeah. Cause you ha- yeah. I mean, the, all jokes aside, you have to be a little bit crazy because there are so many different avenues in life, Greg, that you can take that there's a lot less push pushback. There's a lot less red tape. There's a lot less financial obligation. So I do have to say, though, that I, there's a combination, though. I do have one of the most amazing business partners in the entire world who has been so supportive. And I think without that, so it's a combination of obviously my being on the ground every day and then also having an incredible support network. Um, even our bank has been amazing. I mean, there's just, you know. A, but you can funnel money into anything and it could be <laughs> yeah, a black hole. Which, but at some point, yeah. uh, people stop giving you money, right, though, yeah, yeah. right? Yep, I, absolutely. I mean, that's the reality. And working on such small margins, because let's face it, if you want to make a trillion dollars, it's not going to be owning a restaurant. Right. Uh, I mean, you, the reward is beyond that. The reward is how much you give to your community. And with the rec center that's just opening up across the street right now, East High School across the street, I mean, we see you bring in guys, and, and it's a testament to where we're sitting right now. You have art from students from East High School. And uh, how do you make a restaurant stick beyond reaching out to your community and hope they embrace you? I think just good food, good service, great four walls marketing, making sure you're doing everything right within your four walls. And absolutely, you just have to provide a good product really at the end of the day. And not only that, beyond your your product of the food itself and the drinks, you have to have incredible staff and servers. And a little bit of luck never hurt. And a little bit of luck, yes. When you catch that lightning in the bottle, things seemingly get easier. Your staff shows up. People want to work here. Um, th- things, it's it's just like you gain momentum, right? Uh, yeah, I think, well, I think many restaurateurs now at this particular period in time will attest to the fact that it's hard to find really good staff. Sure. But I feel like we have a just incredibly amazing staff. They're all people who actually really do want to be here. And um, I'm not sure about the on-time thing, but, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but, but they do want to be here. That's and they, they are spectacular. And, you know, I think that's, you have to just create you know, a, a sense where they feel like they're part of it. And, and they are. And, you know, we're, we're trying to build something here and grow something. And So we're going to come back to this at 6.30. You mind? Well, let's take a break and come back with Carrie Barrett, right? This will be fun. Sounds good. All right, we'll do a checkup with her. So, again, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker at the Goods Restaurant, attached to the Tattered Cover Building across from East High School, Colfax and Elizabeth. You'll see the rocker truck out front. If you're unable to join us here tonight, we're going to do a lot of great social media for you, and I encourage you. Uh, this is where you want to go eat. You're going to get that personal touch. You're going to get, you know, if if your food's not to the liking, you know, don't go to Yelp. Talk to Mark. He's going to make sure it's there for you. And, and you're really fortunate because today you had a, a stellar brunch. 
right? Yeah, it was yeah, amazing. One of our biggest brunches ever. Really, yeah. really grateful. And we're seeing things just really take off here, and none better than Mark Whistler, owner of The Goods. So uh, looking forward to this broadcast here from The Goods Restaurant on Colfax. And Colfax, I'm telling you, if you got that notion in your mind that you haven't been uh, out too much and, and Colfax is one of those things, I think we're going to dispel some things here for you tonight of what Colfax is, is really about. So we'll take that break. We'll be right back live from The Goods Restaurant. Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, you are listening to The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun videos and pictures. Just search The Modern Eater. Do you have the goods? Jay Parker here for The Goods Restaurant. If you're looking for a neighborhood restaurant that features gluten-free menu items, stop by The Goods. Whether you're a vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, or even a meat lover, they've got something for everyone. Get started with the vegan gluten-free tacos, warm corn tortillas, wood oven roasted veggies, pickled onions, shaved radish, tomatillo, fresh cilantro, and a house-made vegan sour cream. Wow. How about the best burger on planet Earth? One half pound of Aspen Ridge beef, lettuce, tomato, pickles, and never any hormones, antibiotics, or steroids. I recommend getting the crispy rosemary fries. As a friendly neighborhood restaurant featuring dinner, brunch, and full bar with two daily happy hours, they truly care about you, the customer, and desire to provide an extraordinary dining experience for everyone. They are family and children friendly and even have a playroom for the little ones. The Goods, a friendly neighborhood restaurant who offer a wide menu of gluten-free, vegetarian, and vegan options. And they don't forget about the meat lovers with a staff that really cares. On East Colfax, directly connected to the Tattered Cover Bookstore. Hungry? TheGoodsRestaurant.com The most delicious hot dogs in Denver are at Billy's Gourmet Hot Dogs. Signature dogs, specialty dogs, gourmet sausages, homemade, hormone-free, 100% single-sourced meat, and never any artificial flavors or coloring. You can taste the difference. 24th and Larimer, near Coors Field. Plus food truck, street carts, and at Fiddler's Green. Savor the best damn dog in Denver. Billy'sGourmetHotDogs.com Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang. It's about quality. It's about taste. It's about passion. Infused with American spirit. Rocker whiskey, rocker rum, rocker vodka. Get ready for an original look, feel, and experience. Old Town Littleton. And have you ever had pizza from a thousand degree oven? Great pizza from Sprezzatura. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Rockerspirits.com. Rockerspirits.com. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is uh, Chef Brother Luck from Four by Brother Luck in Colorado Springs. Oh, man, we're having a good time. We're having a good time. And also competing on season 15 of Top Chef. You are listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Hi, everybody. It's Chef Terry from Bardo in Denver. <laughs> I'm also on season 15 of Top Chef Colorado. <laughs> and you're listening to the Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. All right, yes, it is. There she is, Chef Carrie Bear. Brother Luck, he exited. He was asked to uh, get his knives and take off. Uh, so cool to have her every week with myself and, and uh, Jay Parker, Greg Holland back here, live from the Goods Restaurant on Colfax and Elizabeth with the rocker truck parked right out front. I think she's on the line right now. She's not in the kitchen tonight. This is a rare moment where Chef Carrie, she's had the night off in Sun Valley, Idaho. Carrie, do we have you on the line? Hi, guys. I'm in Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> How is it going in Idaho? How's the weather? It's like uh, unseasonably warm here right now. Oh, it's so cold. It's very, very cold. I'm actually watching people ice skate 
And but it's crystal clear. The moon's out. It's so beautiful here. Uh, Sun Valley is so special. Are you digging a hole out there and cooking s'mores for everybody in the snow? <laughs> you know I am. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, here it is. Bravo Network every Thursday night at 8 p.m. here in Denver. And I like to live tweet while it's going on. And generally, Carrie's um, at Bardot, just ha- you know, talking to people and watching the episode and. And, um, Carrie, do, do you DVR that episode and watch it again? Um, well, I don't have a DVR exactly, but I do watch it. I like to watch it again at home. Because, you know, on Thursdays when we're watching it at the show, I am I really am working. You know, I'm still in my chef coat. And I say hi to everybody. And so I like to, like, watch and see what I missed. <laughs> yeah, I know. You're working there. And, I, I mean, it's one of those things where you kind of have to go out. If everybody's watching it at the bar and inside the restaurant, uh, that's a good thing for you to be out there. And you're just so... I mean, this hasn't changed you at all. And I have to say, uh, here it is, episode seven, and you're still in the hunt. What does that mean Woo-hoo! to you? I know. I'm, I, I'm, I was so proud of myself at this point. Like, you know, the goal in the beginning is just like, don't be first out. And here we are, you know, like, this next week's Restaurant Wars. It's going to be awesome. It's so fun. Okay, so episode seven, you won the Quick Fire Challenge. The Quick Fire Challenge yeah. is basically... Um, the first challenge that they do of the episode, and you guys were tasked with making a breakfast item with Nutella. Uh, uh-huh. At first blush, what what was that about? And then what did you decide to make? Um, well, they woke us up. They really did that. It really was six in the morning, and they didn't let us change or put on clothes or anything. And then they said, "Wait, you the, had clothes um, on." <laughs> well, yeah, we had my pajamas on. They let me put sweats. Well, on. I don't sleep with pajamas <laughs> on, but that's a whole other thing. So, <laughs> Carrie, um, it's it's Jay here. I think in that opening scene, and they only showed it for a second, but I, I, you had, I think it was you, but it was so quick. But you had some Einstein hair going straight up to the <laughs> ceiling when you. And then the next scene, it was a little bit more docile. But was that you? I saw with with, with yeah. that head of hair walking through. It was. My hair can get pretty big in the morning. So, like I said, it was real. They were like, I looked over and there's Padma because I was on the top bunk. So we were perfect eye height. (laughs) What did what did you decide to cook for breakfast, Carrie, with the Nutella? Well, so we had to use the Nutella, and if you know Nutella, a little goes a long way. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. um, and uh, I, everybody was making crepes and waffles, and I went savory. I made an egg benedict with a spicy, I think it was a spicy raspberry jam, and then just a perfectly poached egg and a classic hollandaise on grilled ciabatta bread. At first blush, I'm like, yuck. Uh, but you said <laughs> this is something that you eat all the time. This is something that you eat? Um, it's actually on the menu at Bardo now. Uh, or a version of it. Um, and it's just a pairing that I've always liked, like that peanut butter. And it, it's, it's like a twist of a peanut butter and jelly. But I like the jam to be spicy, you know, and the Nutella is so sweet. Just the thinnest layer on a nice, you know, if not sourdough ciabatta bread. It's just really cool. Well, you won the judges over with it because there it is. You won the quick fire challenge. And, and by the way, drinks on you. Five grand in your pocket. <laughs> It was so exciting to win $5,000. Like, Carrie, I don't even Carrie, know. 
Jay here. Uh, I have two a two part question. What did you spend that money on? And uh, well, it's, a, it's probably a six part question. But when what did you spend the money <laughs> on? Uh, when do you get that? Like, did they cut you a check right there? Do they f- slap it over in cash? And then how much are you having to pay Uncle Sam on that five grand? Um, well, they they don't give it to you then. You have to wait until the episode airs. You know, just like keep us quiet, because like you say, I can't show up in my fur. You know, like oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I got you. So I expect they'll get it in the mail, and then they recommend that we like save or do something twenty percent to give the taxes. Taxes twenty percent on that, huh? So have um, you been paid out yet? No, no. Check is in I, the mail. You know, yeah, I've been in Sun Valley for a day now, so I haven't checked my mail for a couple of days. Okay, well, that might come with the $125,000 grand prize then, right? Stop! <laughs> <laughs> Every week I try and get Carrie to Every give week. something up. So as <laughs> we move on. consistent, Greg. <laughs> I know. As, as, so as we move through the episode, um, Olympians, and they kind of put you in a, a setting to where you're cooking in the kitchen for the judges, but you have an audience. That was kind of cool. It was cool. We walked in there and they were cheering. It was like, it was like stadium, like, holy cow. Like, we weren't really prepared for that. It was very cool. Did you, did you, did you miss Brother Luck at this point? Of course. Brother and I were roommates and, you know, and friends. Like, he, his presence was definitely missed. Yeah, definitely Brother. Noticed. He's really an asset to the show. His personality is just far out. Uh, outstanding personality. So during that, uh, you know, you they gave out first, second, and third place, which was uh, gold, silver, and bronze. And at that point, um, bronze was the loser. But you you have immunity when you win the quickfire challenge, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could have just thrown it, or I mean, you could do a little strategy in that sense if you were with two other competitors that you may want to get out. Could you not? Oh. Gosh, if you, I guess you could, but that never crossed my mind. I mean, yeah. they there's always talk of immunity kind of can kind of send you for a it's kind of, sometimes it's bad luck, you know, like you have immunity so maybe you ease up or something and you often not often, but sometimes, you know, you, like kind of box your You might your uh, you might get caught slipping because uh, you have yeah. that, that little sense of security for a show. Yeah, like the pressure you know, the pressure tends to at least for me, you know, I see things, I, I I think a little clearer, and maybe when it was taken up, you know, you kind of ease up a little. It might be a little bit of a bad thing. So Tanya, uh, African-American chef, who actually, you know, I don't, half the time, I don't, it's like, why do you even need to mention that? But she makes it quite clear that, um, and this is the elephant in the room, she kind of put this to you, which they emphasized on the episode, and, and I don't know whether it was taken out of context, but uh, Carrie, don't give me your two cents because you've never, what, what was the exact quote that she, she said? Had, uh, she said, we don't all experience the world the same way, Carrie. Wake up, get woke. Yeah. What do you think of that? I was... I don't really think I deserved that. That was mean. It was super mean. And um, what was she trying to say about that? Was she trying to emphasize her heritage and being a woman and all coupled together that you just you you can't look you can't have an opinion because you don't look through her lens? Yeah, maybe. I mean, it all. I was just trying to mediate her and Claudette arguing, Mm -hmm. and they were talking over each other, and I was like, hey, you know, like. Something like that, like, you know, let, let her speak her mind or something. And that's when Tanya, you know, hit me with that. And it was everybody's jaw dropped. It wasn't just me. 
like super no. unexpected. Super I mean, even even with the editing of the show, you know, and 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 obviously they, you know, they edit things to to get a rise out of people, and they they love the drama, I'm sure. But uh, even with the editing, you could you could tell that you. Uh, our angel on this show. Yeah, you're a sweetheart. Were, were to suit because it, you didn't say anything that was sideways at all. If anything, no. you know, the only thing I would, uh, my advice would be, uh, you know, after the fact is like, yeah, I guess you should have just kept your mouth shut because all you you tried to say something nice to help, and uh, you yeah. know, she just fired one your way. Were you caught off yeah. guard by that, Carrie? Oh, big time, big time. But you know, Tanya knew that she. She, she was under a lot of pressure. She knew she was on the bottom. She probably knew she was going home, you know, like, because, you know, her instincts probably told her that this was not good. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so, you know, you say things when you're upset and angry, and I understand. So t- two weeks in a row we saw this to where Brother Luck, he didn't perform to really what the um, what the occasion was with the challenge. And I think that, that Tanya got that rap, too. Um, was that something that you really kind of took in and made sure that you followed that advice going forward to make sure that you adhered to the challenge? Oh, heck yeah. I mean, every elimination, you learn a lesson, right, to make you stronger. Mm-hmm. And, you know, brother, the week before and Tanya this week, like, you have to, like, read in between the lines. Be part about what they're asking you to do. What are they expecting, you know? Like, it's, you know, there's so much, it's a game, <laughs> and you have to, like, learn how to play it, and we're just getting stronger every week. Yeah, no doubt. So there it is, and, and I want to go back to Brother Luck, because they have this, and I think it's brilliant, because they do it on bravotv.com, but the last chance kitchen to where one of these people battle back and, and win challenges against the other contestants that were eliminated, and Brother Luck, two weeks in a row, he beat two, which he got a, a rap for, and um, it, he, he believes it's an unfair portrayal of him of what, what two did with in the kitchen and, and maybe um, did two wrong by hiding cellophane, which we all know, Brother Luck, and he's not going to do that, but, but there that is. And then, um, then you go into the next episode where Tanya is in the kitchen with Brother Luck, and, and I'll tell you what, Brother Luck, I just I really hope he makes it back onto the show, but maybe not for your sake because he's a strong competitor. <laughs> Are you referencing when he uh, said to take the clock from 15 to 10? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. So y- yeah, you've been keeping... You've been keeping up on that as well. Next week, uh, what's the preview next week again? You're in a kitchen here in Colorado. What kitchen is that? Um, it's called, gosh, what is it called? Um, oh, I don't remember. It's down by Bronco uh, Stadium. <laughs> okay. Sorry, world, yeah. I don't remember. Well, no, they didn't really even emphasize that at all, and I didn't see a guest chef from an, another restaurant uh, chef here in, in Colorado. So I think that'll be a little surprise to all of us. Side note, where was the house that you stayed in for Top Chef? It was in Capitol Hill. It was um, on the corner of 9th and Ogden. 9th and Ogden. Was that somebody's mm-hmm. house that, they, that they're living there too? And they're like, yeah, good morning, Carrie. You know, I'm going to be a little bit longer in the bathroom this morning. You're just going to have to wait? Or was it the, you know, yeah. an open house? Occupied. Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, that's right. Don't no. forget I live here. <laughs> exactly. Scoot over. Um, 
But uh, it was, I think it was on the market. Like someone was selling it, so it was vacant. Okay. And um, because it had a, like, you know, one of those real estate signs in front of it, but it was very vacant. And they had, they rented all the furnishings, couches and a pool table and all of our bunk beds. Right. I just see the producers from Magical Elves um, on Airbnb looking for a place. And, <laughs> and, and there it is. Carrie, thus far, what's your take? Uh, episode seven, I think we're close to halfway through. Um, how are you doing? How do you feel you're doing? Um, room for improvement. Just any reflection on those seven episodes. Um, you know, I'm, I think I'm, I'm getting stronger every week. Uh, you know, like my, my odds are going up, they say, <laughs> and, you know, and I had a big week. That win was big and, and a cash prize is always super helpful for your, you know, for your motivation. And so, yeah, it's, you know, so far so good. I started a little rocky, but I'm definitely getting stronger every week. I love it. I love it. We're going to check in again next week. Will you be back in Denver next week? Yeah, I think I'm going to hang out with you guys next week. You are. You're going to co-host the show next week. And we'll be in the whole time. I love it. And then Thursday (laughs) evening at Bardot, will you be doing the party still? Heck yeah. It's like the funnest night of my week. We have so much fun. What's the the address of Bardot? It's noisy. The restaurant is at 2227 West 32nd Avenue, Bardot. It's in Denver. You're getting better at that. I bet you wrote it down or tattooed it, one of the two. (laughs) I put it on my knuckles. It's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Carrie. Uh, Until next week, have fun and say hello to your family, and we're just so proud of you. You represent Denver in the classiest way that anybody could possibly do it. I don't think we could have handpicked anybody better than you. Oh, you're so sweet, and thanks for having me. It's so much fun. I'll talk to you really, really soon, and I'm not hanging up this week. All right. Thanks, Carrie. Yeah, last week. What was the deal with that quick exit last week? And I looked down and I thought you hung up on me. I wanted to say thank you to Keegan. I felt terrible. We got disconnected. Yeah, Keegan was a good <laughs> surprise last week on the show, wasn't he? Oh, what a... Yeah, gosh, that guy's the coolest. He yeah. is. He really is. All right. Until next week, there he is, Chef Kerry Baird, Bardo, Denver. And uh, we thank you so much. Keep it up on the social media, too. You're doing a great job. Thanks. Thanks so much. I'll talk uh, to you soon. All right. There you go. Carrie Barrett. Um, love that. Love that gal. She's amazing. Jay. She's just the nicest. <laughs> She's just the nicest girl ever. Oh, side note. So we dropped off gluten-free things to Carrie. Mm-hmm. And we did a f- follow-up phone call this last week because uh, we hadn't heard from her. Mm-hmm. And so John Irvin, you know, he was interested. And you'll hear from John Irvin in, in the kitchen in about 10, 15 minutes. Um what was Carrie's response to the bread and to the pizza crust? Carrie's yeah. response is that they hadn't had a chance to get to the bread yet uh, with the Which running around. Which surprises me. I would have thought it would have been the other, the other way, way around. around. But she said they uh, fired up some pizzas on the pizza dough and said it was absolutely delicious. The gluten-free pizza crust. The gluten-free crust. pizza crust from Gluten-Free Things, she said, was uh, a home run. And everybody there were just had uh, nothing but good things to say about it. So if you know about gluten-free or you are gluten-free, uh, that's a big deal. And it's um, amazing when people have uh, gluten-free items on their menu because it should be uh, absolutely everywhere. And we'll talk to John Irvin about that at 645. All right, we'll come back. We'll take a break. We're live from The Goods Restaurant on Colfax and Elizabeth, attached to the Tattered Cover Building, across from East High School as our friends funnel in. And uh, sitting down and having some drinks and some uh, uh, delicious food from The Goods here. Okay, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Ciao a tutti. It's Elise Wiggins. 
You want me to go ahead and do it? And Tattoo Bella, the chef of the year from Eater Denver. One more time, one more time. And you are listening to the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Brews beers at 67th and Pecos. Belgium, a country the size of Maryland, is home to more than 600 beers. Belgians take their beers very seriously, and Belgian beers are some of the most interesting beers in the world. If you'd like to sample fresh and authentic Belgian-style beers right here in Denver, the place to go is Brews Beers at 67th and Pecos. Brews does only Belgian-style and Belgian-inspired beers, and we do them like nobody else. Doubles, triples, quadruples, saisons, ambers, fit beers, sours, and specialty ales. There's always a great selection at Brews Beers. Sample a flight, take home a crowler or two, and bring your dog. They're always welcome at Brews. Take a beer tour of Belgium without leaving Denver. Brews Beers, spelled B-R-U-Z, at 1675 West 67th Avenue, Denver. Check us out at brewsbeers.com. It's my distinct pleasure to introduce you to The Bindery, eatery, market, and bakery. Hi, I'm Chef Linda Hampston Fox, owner of The Bindery. My life's journey has taken me through Switzerland, France, Italy, and Mexico, and has allowed me to create a menu at The Bindery that I think you'll find truly unique. The Bindery combines a market and bakery with an elevated fine dining experience under the same roof. We are proud at The Bindery to provide artisanal foods made by hand in small batches. Join us in the morning for an award-winning dragonfly coffee, a convenient market lunch, a crafted libation during happy hour, or an intimate dinner in the eatery. And don't forget about our amazing weekend brunch. Conveniently located in the Highland neighborhood at 1817 Central Street, just exit I-25 on 20th and park in one of our 55 covered free parking spaces. For our menus and all things The Bindery, look us up online at thebinderydenver.com. And remember, food is one of life's great pleasures, and I look forward to you being my next guest. Okay, back to the Goods Restaurant on Colfax, attached to the Tattered Cover Building across from East High School, but right now, A-plus beverage solutions. So Jeff Rourke, he owns a company. He does build-outs of tap lines. He installs faucets, and it's so important for the maintenance and the installations of faucets. Um, Why, you ask? Well, it's because there are so many things that go into brewing delicious craft beer that's right uh, any beer in particular but you want to push it at the right rate you want to have the right temperature you want to have the right build outs and i'll tell you what jeff rourke you need an a plus report card for you so jeff rourke at a plus beverage solutions he's going to make sure that you have the most efficient draft lines available because if you're pouring in, in inefficient draft beer what are you doing you're pouring your money down the drain please don't pour your money down the drain it's really tacky to see uh, business owners that don't put the money into their draft services and you've got you got a backwash pitcher that's right foam. I mean, you're paying for it on the back end yeah uh, you know get a hold of jeff rourke he's a family man he did punch bowl social uh, lost highway brewing old chicago and brighton lucky pie and niwat the new tab 14th on 19th avenue and uh, i gotta tell you 70 lines he installed in tap 14 is just running strong right now so get a hold of jeff rourke at a plus beverage solution 720 272 3809 7202723809 Jeff Rourke A plus beverage solutions My name is Chef Keegan Gerhardt owner of D Bar and you're listening to the Modern Eater on iHeartRadio Okay, right back at it on the Modern Eater show live from the Goods restaurant on Colfax you'll see the Rocker Spirits truck 
parked out front, which is really, really cool because once you see that Rocker Spirits truck, you know you're going to come in and enjoy some uh, great Colorado libations. Their distilleries in Littleton, and uh, I believe none better. Their whiskey, we're going to do at 8 p.m. when the show ends. Uh, Jay and I are going to step into the bartending role. I'm going to show you how to make an old Greg fashion. <laughs> Jay. Well, you're going to so- you're going to show me how I'm to make solve something. the problems of the world because yeah. I think none better. I made my own uh, simple syrup today too with organic brown sugar. I like to use brown sugar. Okay, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, live from the goods right now. Our friends and family, they're all rolling into the restaurant. Everybody comes late. You know, mm-hmm. but here's a guy who didn't come late. Actually, came early, and I said, "Let's throw him on the air because we're going to get a lot of him tonight." And it's uh, Frank Locatori, and president of the Colfax BID Business in Development. I've got to welcome you to the show formally, Frank. Welcome to the Modern Eater Show. Well, thanks so much, Greg. It's awesome. Good to have you here. Uh, so, you know, here it is, and I set this up with Jay. So, I was born on Colfax, St. Anthony's Hospital, 1972. Right. Went to East High School. In the late nine, or late, he <laughs> <laughs> didn't go to high school. Now we know. <laughs> That's right. Now but we, we can know. see East High right out the window. We here. can see East High, and it, Colfax is probably one of the most interesting areas in the history behind it, and the the evolution of Colfax. Right. So, 2006 is when the Colfax uh, East Colfax BID was founded. Mm-hmm. Not quite, no. Uh, um, There's four Colfax business improvement districts. And so the one that I'm the executive director for spans from the state capital to East High. And that one was started in 1989. We were the second uh, business improvement district in in the state right after Cherry Creek. And, um, and so I started working with them just about two and a half years ago. So in Cherry Creek, they call themselves the BID, Business and Development, and you're the Business Improvement District. Yeah, they might, you know, they, they can have different names, but generally they're all the same, um, have the same focus, right? It's An the, advocate. An advocate, they, they pick up where the city leaves off. The city doesn't have unlimited resources, and so where a specific geographic area is interested in uh, enhanced services, whether that's trash cans that you see on Colfax here, and then who picks them up? You know, the Business Improvement District sure. is making that happen. Absolutely. So uh, you're pretty much a, another piece of the puzzle to support. Uh, with all of the working parts that makes it easier for businesses to function as well and making sure that Colfax is up to the standards of what you believe it should be. Right. So, for instance, Mark and the folks at the goods here are making their business, you know, excellent within their four walls. Gotcha. How you, And they're putting their heart and soul and 200% of their time into doing that. What kind of time do they have to take care of, you know, the things that are happening outside, you know, on the street, in the public realm? And that's where the Business Improvement District really steps on in to help out. And and, and it's not just so that the businesses prosper and the property owners, but they're prospering because the community is seeing them as a place to come frequent and visit. They've got something that the community wants, and that's what we're working to help. So we're going to have fun at the... um top of the next hour because none better than Charlie Woolley, president and founding principal of St. Charles Town Country Real Estate, if that isn't enough. But he's going to join us at 7 o'clock and we'll probably take a sweep. Uh, Me, you, Jay, and Charlie will do that from 7 to 7.30. But I thought it was important while you got here early. What do you do as the president of the BID? 
So uh, just a, a, a slight uh, variation is that, so I'm the executive director. And the difference is if that... If I can't get anything right so far, <laughs> it might be good. You pronounced my name with excellence. <laughs> okay, good. Um, the, uh, so... Um, and, and the reason that I make that distinction is because, so I am a staff person. Myself and Michelle are paid by the Business Improvement District. The bid is governed by a seven-person volunteer board of directors. So they're uh, made up of business owners and property owners within our boundaries that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that set the direction and the vision and, and approve the budget each year and then the staff execute it. So what do we do? We, um, we work to, as I just kind of prefaced a minute ago, is we take over where the businesses leave off outside of their walls. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that we did recently was we did a lot of community engagement around a streetscape plan. We want to make the street more um, friendly, cleaner, safer for everybody to enjoy. So how do we do that in a way that really maintains the character of Colfax, which is what people are really, con- you know, very interested in and want to maintain. Um, so we did a lot of focus groups and outreach online surveys to get people's feedback and came up with a number of different things from, you know, being able to have safer intersections and crosswalks because sometimes Colfax can too often act as a wall instead of a being a zipper. So how can you cross Colfax from north to south and vice versa in a safe manner so that you can get to, you know, the rec center right across the street and then come over to the goods right afterwards in or, and, and not have to not fear for your life? Yeah. Um, so we've worked with the city on a number of intersection improvements around that. So that helps with all the, pen, the, the ability for the thousands of pedestrians that are crossing the street um, pretty much at each intersection here. If that's not tease enough, I don't know what is. So at 7 p.m. when Charlie Woolley joins us here uh, with Frank and uh, executive director of the BID here on the, the distinction, East Colfax? Yeah, so we, we call ourselves the Colfax Ave bid. Yeah, so we probably will talk a bit about Colfax as, as, as a whole, the longest commercial uh, street in, um, in, in, in the United States. But uh, Playboy once coined... Um, Colfax, the longest, wickedest street in America. And I'm wondering if that still has that allure. So just save that. We'll come back to it. All right. So Frank's here. This is going to be really good. This is going to be so much fun in the next hour at 7 p.m. Frank will rejoin us. In the meantime and in between time, we're going to come back and we'll do In the Kitchen. John Irvin from Gluten-Free Things is here. And I think dietary restrictions are so important. Uh, Sebastian's wife just comes in and she's gluten-free as well. And to be able to have item menus to where you're not relocated into the shadows because it's important to recognize those types of things whether you're vegan or gluten-free they're not going away folks and if you're in a industry where you're working with such slim margins and seeing so much growth in these dietary restrictions if you're not on board you just don't like money and you don't like people because people um, need to do these things so we'll take that turnaround we'll come right back and we'll do in the kitchen with john Irvin coming up next the modern eater show right here on iHeartRadio. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun videos and pictures. Just search The Modern Eater. 
Hi, I'm Andrew Moore, brewmaster at the Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project. At Intrepid Sojourner, beer tells a story inspired by my adventures as a well-traveled archaeologist. My recipes draw inspiration from all over the world, from historical styles like satis, grazers, and kvass, to adjunct beers inspired by flavors from international cuisines. My beers broaden the horizons of what beer can be. Explore basil IPA and Turkish coffee stout. Enjoy chai brown ale, taste lavender tripel, and the distinctive horchata milk stout. Thoughtfully source spices and herbs, enhance flavors inherent to indigenous beer styles. My sincere hope is that Intrepid Sojourner Beer Project will inspire adventure and wanderlust. Come visit the tap room and share your tales with friends and plan your next sojourn. Located at 925 West 8th Avenue in the heart of the Arts District on Santa Fe. For everything Intrepid, look us up online at SojournerBeers.com and remember to drink globally, locally. Hey, it's Greg Holland back for Gluten-Free Things. Are you intolerant or sensitive to gluten? Or maybe you're a gluten-free lifestyler? Is your menu limited because you've eliminated gluten from your diet? Are you missing the taste of foods that traditionally contain gluten? What if I told you that you can add breads, pizzas, muffins, cakes, cookies, waffles, croissants, English muffins, the list goes on right back to your menu. Gluten-Free Things is a local gluten-free and vegan bakery that reintroduces you to the foods you love. Owner John Irvin believes gluten-free shouldn't taste like the box that it's packaged in. Trust me when I tell you the products from his bakery in Arvada are fresh, flavorful, and masterly crafted, leaving you with a product that tastes like the real thing. Simply delicious. The bakery is located in Arvada on 64th and Sims across the street from Arvada West High School. Check out their website at glutenfreethings.com. You'll be amazed with the variety of gluten-free products they make. And chefs, don't leave your gluten-free restaurant guests without options. Contact John at info at glutenfreethings.com. That's info at glutenfreethings.com to see what he can do for you. Give him a shot. 11651 West 64th Avenue in Arvada. It's gluten-free things. Whose cuisine reigns supreme? You're listening to the Modern Eater Show. The ultimate gourmet challenge. And it's time for In the Kitchen. Brought to you by Gluten-Free Things. A dedicated gluten-free and vegan bakery in Arvada. All right, back at it. The Modern Eater Show live from The Goods Restaurant on Colfax, attached to the Tattered Cover building across from East High School. Uh, Great calling back, Jay Parker. And um, this is his segment, man. I mean, we have to introduce it to him. Sponsor of In the Kitchen and John Irvin from Gluten Free Things right there. We'll teach you how to do radio here soon, man. You know, you, you know as, you, as you're talking, we're live on the air introducing mm-hmm. yourself. I know. That's what I like, John. You know me. How you been? Been doing good. Very yeah. good. How's the business? Business has been fantastic. You know, we're just finishing up a bunch of things and uh, introducing our new deli loaf, which is a larger uh, gluten-free loaf, and just uh, having a lot of fun. I'm making Don work hard. So I'll tell you what, engineer background, right? Yep. And engineer. So, again, I love to attach myself with small businesses, with guy that, guys and gals, that there's no job too small, too large. And uh, you're one of those guys. So with your engineering background and your, your kind of attention to detail, to systems, to implementing those systems. Can I help you out with that, John? We're on the air, remember? <laughs> I can't help. I'm holding it in. I'm trying know, to stay straight face. It's like I'm sitting here trying to do a straight interview. And John's just like, is this on? Hey, hey, I'm John. Hey, over here. Can I get a beer? Huh? 
John. The funniest part is is he doesn't want to say anything when the show starts, but it right like right yeah. when he shouldn't talk, he's going like, "Hey, how's everybody doing? Let's meet some people. You know what's going on?" And the, you know, so here he is. he's a baker. Come on, what he? That's what he does. He's he a makes good guy. Delicious he's gluten free. He's, he's a good guy. Things, and that's exactly what it is. Gluten free things. So in a business, and I say it, we've been beating the drum for over a year now, more than year and a half. A year and a half now, and in a business with restaurants that are looking for anything that they can do to get a footing for a percentage or two to add to their business. If they're not on the gluten-free bandwagon right now, they're missing out. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I have to say. What do, what do you see as far as your growth and need for gluten-free? Well, here, here's the situation. Most restaurants always look at the problem with celiacs. Celiacs will not walk into a non-gluten-free or into a gluten, a gluten place. So 85% of the customers are actually gluten-free by either lifestylers or they're intolerant, and they can handle the cross-contamination. Well, when Uh, you say intolerant, it has a lot to do with how your body processes things. And and a lot of people, when they get gluten into their body, their their joints ache, their muscles hurt, they have headaches. And that inflammation is, is really apparent to where when people cut gluten out of their diet, they just feel better. Yes, yes. And so what happens is, I think, what, what has been the problem is that a lot of the gluten-free that has been around on the market has been not all that great. It's, it, it has not set up all the specification like our hamburgers don't fall apart. They taste good. They're easy to produce. A bunch of different things. And so what happens is that these restauranteurs see that, experience that, and go like, I don't want to you know, you know, get into the gluten-free well, uh, gluten-free business. really did have a bad rap because a lot yeah, of people oh, weren't like oh, you yeah. because you always say it should not taste like the box that it, it exactly. comes in. Exactly. And you do a great job with that because I'll tell you what, if you put your gluten-free loaf of bread next to a regular loaf of bread, it's... it's well, i got a lot, a lot of customers that actually they'll go into restaurants like a Brewski's, and what will happen is they'll call the waiter back and say, you gave me the wrong bread. And they go, no, this is gluten-free. Chris Dijon, you know Chris Dijon yep. had a, had an argument with a lady who insisted it was not gluten free because she thought it should taste terrible. It should taste exactly. <laughs> but also doesn't. the one thing else is that ours is also vegan, and the reason why we've done vegan, which is a more difficult product to, to manufacture, but I got a lot of customers who have egg and dairy issues, so we pay attention to what our customers are. We minimize our ingredients. We try to keep the good taste, texture, and everything else, but. Yeah, a lot of restaurants, um, I think, are missing the boat and don't really realize. And, and a lot of times these guys come into our shop and say, hey, let me taste your stuff. They taste it and they go, hey, I'm going to put that on the menu. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun. So within a minute, and this is your segment, and we're getting more and more chefs to be exposed to gluten-free, take 30 seconds to say, give gluten-free things a shot and why. Well, our gluten-free doesn't taste like the box it came in, number one. Number two, the reason I've set up specifications with respect to all of our products, our products should perform equal to wheat, tastes as good as wheat. The base bread is actually really, really good. When you toast it, it tastes that much better. And so, you know, you can have a good gluten-free product. And here's the one last thing, is that I don't design our products for the gluten-free person. I do it for the gluten the gluten 
the regular person. We'll get you back in the next hour. How does that sound? All right, John Irvin, Gluten-Free Things. We'll come back the next hour live from the goods. H-O-W, its staff, management, or parent company, iHeartMedia Incorporated. I want you to stop talking and start drinking. You're listening to the Modern Eater Show. Let's drink! I need you guys to be amazing tonight, so start drinking now. Uh, we follow instructions well, especially um, the Modern Eater Show in the second hour, which really we let our hair down in the second hour and have a lot of fun. Set the stage, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, along with Mark Whistler, owner of The Goods Restaurant. That's where we're broadcasting from live right now, attached to the tattered covered building across from East High School, The Goods Restaurant. Uh, do yourself a favor and check them out. Uh, their brunch was popping off today, and, and I'll tell you what, the strides that you've made, Mark, is fantastic here at The Goods. Everybody's doing social media right now. Got yeah. to capture the moment, right? Everybody, everybody's on their phones, yeah. Thank, so, thank you so much, by the way. It means a lot. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. I say uh, the two and only, the hardest working man in show business, you're spread so thin and uh, anybody that does the smallest job to the largest job and just makes it all happen uh, you really keep it together here and and we thank you mark thank you well i gotta say you guys i think do the kind of the same thing within the restaurant community i mean you guys really stand up for and support so many small independent businesses and you really help out with a lot of marketing and really kind of getting the word out and i think also just Overall consumer education. You guys should be really proud of yourselves. Thank we you. are, Mark, and thank you because we do exactly what well, you just said. Well, we don't said. hear very much, so, <laughs> so when we hear it, it's nice. So let me set the, set the stage. Oh, first of all, uh, next half hour at 730, we're going to have Dustin Evans and TJ uh, Vitlichil is going to join us for Rocker Spirits, and we're going to uh, make some signature, signature cocktails. I think a cocktail program is so important. Uh, for any restaurant that, uh, especially with a bar as, as uh, sprawling and um, put together as Mark's is. But right now, um, the reason why we're doing this is to really just put a showcase and feature Colfax and the great things that are going on with the uh, long and illustrious history. So joining us here at The Goods right now is Frank uh, Locatori and Colfax BID, Executive Director, Business Improvement District. Uh, Frank, welcome back to the show. You were on the last hour. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, so much. And here's a guy right now. I believe he's on the line, and he needs a proper introduction. Uh, Charlie Woolley, President and Founding Principal of St. Charles Town Country Real Estate. Uh, Charlie, welcome to the show, sir. Well, thanks. Thanks, Greg. It's great to be on. It, it's good to hear you. There, there goes Mark's headset right there. Hey, uh, live radio. <laughs> no man, it's master. Uh, so, Charlie, here's the deal. We have you on the show for a couple of reasons. And uh, with Frank and Mark and myself and Jay, I think we're going to have some really good conversations. But here it is. I set the stage earlier um, in the show. I was born on Colfax, Charlie. Uh, St. Anthony's Hospital, 1972, and then years later, East High School and Manuel High School, and a Cherry Creek native, one of the, one of the very few that has seen Cherry Creek come so far. Uh, but Colfax, all in itself, and uh, just a little history of Colfax, and, and you guys can jump in. Uh, the longest commercial street in America, which I think needs to be said, and also... Um, uh, Colfax Western Tour, which came through, um, and and this is really cool. Speaker of the House, when this happened, and the Thirteenth Amendment was ratified, and he free, you know, helped freed slaves by signing that ratification of the Thirteenth Amendment was um, Schuyler Colfax, 
and the Schuler Colfax Western Tour that came through town was really just kind of the gateway to the Rockies. And with 26 miles, and if you include uh, all of Colfax altogether, east and west, 53 miles, and then you go into Route 40, which spans from Atlantic City to San Francisco, you're just talking about um, kind of the vein through America. And Charlie, uh, I think that it's really important because between you and Frank, you've forgotten more about Colfax than I'll ever know, but uh, your first impressions of, of Colfax itself and, and its humble origins to where it is now, Charlie. Well, I like you, Greg, I, I moved to Denver in 1966, and um, I was 11 years old and kind of grew up uh, on Colfax. Um, and it, and it, it was a, just a giant commercial thoroughfare. Uh, in those years, it had just been dethroned as the main thoroughfare through Denver by the interstate. And, um, it, but it was still, you know, it was still this lively commercial street that basically brought you to downtown Denver and uh, amazing activity on it. And I think, you know, I think once the interstate came in, it just gradually um, degraded in a way uh, as just a street that the uh, Department of Transportation made sure that the traffic flowed as fast as it could from one point to the other. And uh, it had all the grit and, and character uh, that I think it still does today, but it was um, it was kind of the street that I think for many many years Denver turned its back to, and some of the things that uh, you know that that you know, I think you know, countercultural celebrates uh, on Colfax um, were the seediest and the and, and the grittiest parts of Denver uh, and Denver's history. Um, it, it's changed. Uh, it's changed. I think really dramatically, you know, as Denver has. You know, come through this, you know, uh, 21st century renaissance. And uh, I think people are looking a little more carefully at every single building uh, on Colfax. And they, you know, unlike other areas in Denver that have developed very, very rapidly, Colfax has sort of taken its time, mainly because the properties are very small uh, relative to what you see on Brighton Boulevard, for example, in Rhino, where there are these vast, giant parcels that people build uh, five-story buildings on. They just there aren't parcels like that on Colfax. It's just little, uh, little stores, moms and pops, and here and there, you know, extraordinary building like uh, the Lowenstein Theater, which you're in. You're in the green room, essentially, of the Lowenstein Theater back, back in the old days. So. Um, so it's, it's uh, on either side of Colfax, I tell everybody, on either side of Colfax are these rich, wonderful, close-in uh, neighborhoods with great housing, uh, you know, great small shops, great restaurants, and, 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 and mighty Colfax is, uh, is, is, is infilling, I think, very quickly now. Yeah, Frank, anything you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I will just underline what Charlie was saying about the kind of evolution and the impact that the I-70 had, you know, back in the 60s. Um, and, you know, with the with the help of folks like Charlie and Mark here and others on Colfax, the um, there really is a revitalization going in that, um, that private uh, development and interest in Colfax has really helped the city 
um, step in and make some substantial uh, public investments for the first time in decades on Colfax. For instance, I was talking about the intersection improvements earlier. Last year, $500,000 to improving um, you know, 20 or more intersections to help people cross. Um, through the GO bond, the general obligation bond that happened in the fall that was passed, uh, $20 million will be spread over eight miles of Colfax in order to make that more streetscape improvements there. And then bus rapid transit, which is a bus version of light rail where it's just a, uh, a more efficient and effective way of providing transportation for more people. Uh, that was provided $55 million to be built onto Colfax. So these are some really significant things that are happening. And I also just want to point out one of the things that Charlie was saying, too, about there's small lots. And, um, and I think so, you know, it, compared to other areas of Denver where you do have those blank slates and large lots that you can build on quite easily, um, while we might not be big, we're small on Colfax. And that's, I think, ultimately going to be a benefit to us to make it more affordable for the mom and pop locally owned shops that can't afford 2,000 square feet necessarily, but they can afford, you know, 400, 500, 600 square feet, even as the um, price per square foot goes up. And that's why we have so many great, great small establishments, you know, in, in our strip of Colfax. So as a main artery that connects the city and really uh, one of the things that was so helpful to even develop Aurora, um, Colfax and the Colfax corridor and going through all the way to, you know, into Golden and, and um, it, it's one of those things to where it's connected. And so I'm going to set the stage and we'll come back. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk about this, but it's the elephant in the room and, and somebody who's a local guy and has seen the evolution of Colfax just from a layman's standpoint um, here it is Colfax the rap prostitution um, the uh, large immigrant factor um, people that are transients um, hotels and motels that are seedy uh, just no place that you should be uh, anywhere past dark and I think that a lot of that can be dispelled right now and and I think it needs to be because a lot of people uh, that live in the Denver metropolitan area and beyond that don't stray too far from their neighborhoods need to hear how far Colfax has, co has come from those things. So it uh, could be a completely unfair question, but I think it lingers in a lot of people's minds and, and needs to be addressed. So on that note, Charlie, we're going to put you on hold. Charlie Wooley, a partner here at the Goods Restaurant with Mark Witzler and also owns the Tattered Cover Building and many other properties, uh, which I think is very fascinating because I think Charlie told me once that 90% of his properties have restaurants in them, which is an interesting proposition when it comes to uh, properties and, and building and maintenance and those types of things. And he also took over the Savino Building, which... Um, if you know about Colorado and Denver Allure, that was the original Walgreens, and it went into um, the, the uh, Rainbow Market, and Rainbow Market from them into Z Gallery, and then now it's Charlie's building, and he's going to be doing great things with that as well. The focus is on the goods tonight. Charlie Woolley, president and founding principal of St. Charles Town Country Real Estate, and Frank Locatori. 
um, Colfax BID okay. Executive Director, Business Improvement District. Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, Ma- Mark Whistler, owner of The Goods Restaurant, will be back in a flash right here, live from The Goods Restaurant, attached to the Tattered Cover Building, right across the street from East High School. You'll see the Rocker Spirits truck out front. Uh, we'll be back in a flash. You are listening to The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun videos and pictures. Just search The Modern Eater. Hey, it's Greg Hollenbach for Gluten-Free Things. Are you intolerant or sensitive to gluten? Or maybe you're a gluten-free lifestyler? Is your menu limited because you've eliminated gluten from your diet? Are you missing the taste of foods that traditionally contain gluten? What if I told you that you can add breads, pizzas, muffins, cakes, cookies, waffles, croissants, English muffins, the list goes on right back to your menu. Gluten-Free Things is a local gluten-free and vegan bakery that reintroduces you to the foods you love. Owner John Irvin believes gluten-free shouldn't taste like the box that it's packaged in. Trust me when I tell you the products from his bakery in Arvada are fresh, flavorful, and masterly crafted, leaving you with a product that tastes like the real thing. Simply delicious. The bakery is located in Arvada on 64th and Sims across the street from Arvada West High School. Check out their website at glutenfreethings.com. You'll be amazed with the variety of gluten-free products they make. And chefs, don't leave your gluten-free restaurant guests without options. Contact John at info at glutenfreethings.com. That's info at glutenfreethings.com to see what he can do for you. Give him a shot. 11651 West 64th Avenue in Arvada. It's gluten-free things. It's my distinct pleasure to introduce you to the Bindery, Eatery, Market, and Bakery. Hi, I'm Chef Linda Hampston Fox, owner of the Bindery. My life's journey has taken me through Switzerland, France, Italy, and Mexico, and has allowed me to create a menu at the Bindery that I think you'll find truly unique. The Bindery combines a market and bakery with an elevated fine dining experience under the same roof. We are proud at the Bindery to provide artisanal foods made by hand in small batches. Join us in the morning for an award-winning dragonfly coffee, a convenient market lunch, a crafted libation during happy hour, or an intimate dinner in the eatery. And don't forget about our amazing weekend brunch. Conveniently located in the Highland neighborhood at 1817 Central Street, just exit I-25 on 20th and park in one of our 55 covered free parking spaces. For our menus and all things The Bindery, look us up online at thebinderydenver.com. And remember, food is one of life's great pleasures, and I look forward to you being my next guest. Hi, this is uh, Certified Master Chef Ed Janos from Cook Fresh Market, and you're listening to The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Okay, back at it, live from The Goods Restaurant right here, attached to the Tattered Cover Building. And uh, across from East High School, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker just took off. We're going to set up a uh, demonstration with Rocker Spirits, three signature cocktails. And I believe um, cocktails at a, uh, a any restaurant are very important in consistency and deliciousness and a great pri- price point. How do all those things fit in? But at 730, Dustin Evans, the owner of Rocker Spirits in Littleton, will join us and we'll talk about all those things libations. Uh, but right now, we have online with us Charlie Woolley, president and founding principal of St. Charles Town Country Real Estate and um, business partner of Mark Whistler's, who's here with us on the show as well. Mark Whistler, owner of The Goods. How are you? Good, good. Charlie, you there? I'm, I'm with you, Greg. All right. And Frank Locatori, Locantori, uh, Colfax BID Executive Director, Business Improvement 
district and frank's here with us as well thanks for coming out frank this is awesome this is really cool so before the break i kind of just threw out there the elephant in the room and that is Colfax has the rap of kind of being the seediest of the seedy. You know, you've got the 15, the bus that runs down Colfax, known as the Nifty 15 or, or the Dirty 15 or the Vomit Comet. And uh, just kind of the, the, the prostitution and, and just those things to where, you know, you, your parents would say, I don't want to catch you anywhere near Colfax type of thing. You guys, where are we at now? And, and I think that it, anything that we talk about now has to be subjective because it can't, you know, you can't control everything everywhere, especially with a street as long as Colfax. So just jump in, guys. Let's have a conversation. I, I, I mean, I, I think that's, uh, you know, for many of us grow, who grew up in Denver, it was the, it's the thrill of being on Colfax. Um, and, you know, and I, I, I think what, frankly, makes the Denver and has Denver character are the dive bars and are the seedy places that... There are a few uh, remaining. There are very few remaining, frankly. Um, you know that that have you know there were places that Jack Kerouac, the B generation, and the creatives of the '50s and '60s, you know, uh, frequented. And and so I think you know that that culture, um, you know, good, bad, creative, um, you know, was was is a part of I think a part of the attraction of Colfax, frankly. And I, I, I always tell Mark um, that you know, our staff at, at the uh, at the Goods should be a reflection in part of the people who uh, populate Colfax, and it's a very, very broad demographic, um, changing uh, quickly. But it's a broad demographic from folks that are in apartments that uh, they can afford, that are in you know old mansions that are carved up into seven or eight apartments, to you know small buffet apartments to the '60s. You know, apartments that were put into the houses that are now, you know, um, you know, approaching, you know, a million dollars or more. You know, within you know half, you know, a half mile of our of our restaurants, Colfax. So we have this amazing diversity there. Um, you know, the you know the you know, frankly, the illegal stuff. Um, you know, I think has has moved off the street. You know, to a large extent, and I think that's in part. Um, you know the work of Frank's group and, and property owners who just finally said, you know, you know, we, you know, we really need to pay attention, you know, to safety uh, along Colfax. And, yeah, and the internet and technology didn't hurt either. No. Uh, <laughs> that didn't hurt as well to have another outlet for those types of things. But uh, Frank, I mean, your your reaction where you hear this, where you're one of these guys that has to support the businesses, and I think it's worth mentioning, Charlie, with. With your involvement owning the Tattered Cover building, uh, you know, when I grew up, Tattered Cover was in Cherry Creek. When their lease ran out, they needed to look for a new home. That was a pretty big win to bring them to Colfax. It was, it was huge. And I think, um, you know, and, and I think this is what, uh, what Colfax at the time offered Tattered Cover Bookstore was a much, much lower rent that could be fixed for a long term uh, in a facility that... You know, with our 220 uh, space parking facility, um, would provide you know all the tatter cover patrons what they expected in Cherry Creek, except for it wasn't Cherry Creek anymore. Um, and and so it, it was a it was a very very bold move on the on on the part of uh, Joyce Meskus, the then owner of our tatter cover bookstore, you know, to take 
her store one mile, that's all it is, from what I would argue was probably the best or the, what they called the 100% retail corner in Denver, Milwaukee and First Avenue across from the Cherry Creek Mall to Colfax and Elizabeth uh, into a, you know, a vacant theater. It had been vacant for 20 years. Uh, and, um, uh, but it created, it was an amazing real estate opportunity in which, you know, um, very, very low rent um, and, and, and hopefully in a low margin business, it, it, it provided the, you know, the opportunity for them to survive where, frankly, the many, many you know, large stores that came in around Tattered Cover and Cherry Creek have struggled. I mean, every single Borders closes, Borders store is closed and the Barnes & Noble has shuttered many of their stores and, you know, Tattered Cover just chugged right along and it's, uh, it's been a, you know, uh, you know, a cultural, um, along with uh, Twist and Shout and the Film Society has been a real um, anchor for this section of Colfax. Frank, what do you think? What, what are the changes you've seen and, and what do you see now? Well, like, I might start with what is the same and I really loved how Charlie was uh, describing uh, Joyce Meskes, uh, former owner of the Tattered Cover, and saying that it was a bold move uh, for her to relocate here. And I see that in a lot of the business owners is I think that they can be described, you know, as bold. They are, you know, they are rolling up their shirt sleeves and making, you know, making it happen um, here on Colfax. Um, the the other thing, you know, there um, there are challenges for sure in that. Uh, uh, we've have this legacy as you were, you know, leading into this, Greg, of you know the prostitution, the crime, but really, the uh, there's. <laughs> I mean, I live a block of off Colfax. I walk on Colfax all the time, part of my job, but also so I can go to, you know, the Lion's Lair or to the Goods or to uh, you know uh, Bourbon Grill, and so I'm able to see what is going on. And, um, and, and Colfax has been described by one of my friends, the editor of Streets Blog Denver, as the most democratic street in Denver. And when you're a democratic street, it means that all are welcome. And that is something that has been true on Colfax and something that we don't want to change. We want it to be a place for everybody. We want it to be, you know, a place where you've got, you know, the, the delicious restaurants like the Goods, but you, we also wanted a place where you have the great, fantastic dive bars like the Lion's Lair, where Jello Biafra was just, you know, spinning records a couple of weekends ago, and you don't see that, or Streets of London Pub, and you've got all these fantastic places that are really catering to uh, the kind of community that is living on and around Colfax. Um, so you, you, you led into it with a lot, you know, and from the 15 bus and, you know, the, you know, the, the challenges that are on Colfax, it's tough to, you know, bite off that into manageable chunks. But I'll try right here. And one thing is that um, what, 
what the community has been clamoring for for decades is, you know, a great place in their neighborhoods on Colfax and elsewhere in Denver. And because of the persistence of, you know, neighborhood residents who are, you know, taking control over their neighborhoods because of the, you know, the uh, resilience of the business owners on Colfax and making sure that they're prospering as much as possible, things are changing and getting better. And that's why we got the attention of the city and there's public investment coming and property values are going up. And these are, these are the indicators of things turning around here. Now, there's a flip side to the property values going up too, and that things become more expensive. And that's a real challenge that we with the Business Improvement District, property owners like Charlie and others have to wrestle with in order to be able to have maintain the grit and the character that Colfax is known for, but to be able to pay their bills too. Absolutely. Well said. Wow. You guys are showstoppers. We're going <laughs> to introduce another guy to the party. In the next. Charlie, how are you on time? I'm good. I'm okay, good. we're going to take a break. Char- Charlie Woolley, president and founding principal of St. Charles Town uh, Country Real Estate. I get hicked up right right at the end of that thing, and I, I think I'm going to do it flawlessly because he really deserves it. If there's anybody I know who's flawless and, and pays so much attention to detail, he's such a uh, great businessman. Charlie Woolley, I look up to him. And uh, Frank Locantori, uh, Colfax BID, executive director of Business Improvement District. We have a treat. Paul Epstein's going to come on with us all next he is the owner of twist and shout which uh, who else knows about uh, history and and has uh, fought the good fight and evolved along with Colfax from beginning to end really Um, so if you guys don't mind we'll do that we'll come back how's it sound that's great all right Uh, Mark Whistler Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and it's interesting to hear these guys chat, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, it they're, is so they're super incredible icons of Colfax. And it's catching just, yeah. lightning in a bottle tonight, yeah. live from the Goods Restaurant. Uh, the Goods Restaurant, uh, 2550 East Colfax, a friendly neighborhood restaurant featuring dinner, brunch, and a bar. Uh, they truly care about their customers and desire to provide an extraordinary dining experience for all. Family friendly, friendly, children friendly, and a playroom for the little ones. Uh, they emphasize vegan and gluten free on their menus because they're all inclusive. All inclusive, not only with their menu, but with the people that they invite in. Uh, it's really a sanctuary restaurant. Anybody can come, and I think that that's very important, right, Mark? Absolutely. Yes. Yes, sir. <laughs> it is. It's a, it's a big part of who we are. All right. We're going to let those uh, gray locks down uh, coming here at 8 o'clock. We're going to uh, get loose and make some good cocktails, right? That's going to be fun. Uh, so much fun. Rocker Spirit's here with us as well. Charlie Woolley on hold. Uh, Frank here with us. And then we'll uh, add to the conversation Paul Epstein. Um, owner of Twist and Shout. It's going to be fun. Cool. Next segment, and then we'll talk to uh, in Booze in the News, Dustin Evans, uh, distiller and owner of Rocker Spirits. Coming up next for you, right here, coming down the home stretch of the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun videos and pictures. Just search The Modern Eater. Rocker Spirits. It's a distillery. It's a place to hang. 
It's about quality. It's about taste. It's about passion. Infused with American spirit. Rocker whiskey, rocker rum, rocker vodka. Get ready for an original look, feel, and experience. Old Town Littleton. And have you ever had pizza from a thousand degree oven? Great pizza from Sprezzatora. Open Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. Rockerspirits.com. Rockerspirits.com. Brews beers at 67th and Pecos. Belgium, a country the size of Maryland, is home to more than 600 beers. Belgians take their beers very seriously, and Belgian beers are some of the most interesting beers in the world. If you'd like to sample fresh and authentic Belgian-style beers right here in Denver, the place to go is Brews Beers at 67th and Pecos. Brews does only Belgian-style and Belgian-inspired beers, and we do them like nobody else. Doubles, triples, quadruples, saisons, ambers, fit beers, sours, and specialty ales. There's always a great selection at Brews Beers. Sample a flight, take home a crowler or two, and bring your dog. They're always welcome at Brews. Take a beer tour of Belgium without leaving Denver. Brews Beers, spelled B-R-U-Z, at 1675 West 67th Avenue, Denver. Check us out at BrewsBeers.com. Hosea Rosenberg, Black Belly Market, Boulder, Colorado. You're listening to The Modern Eater on iHeartRadio. Okay, back at it on The Modern Eater Show right here on iHeartRadio, live from The Goods Restaurant. And uh, just going to check with TJ real quick to see if we have a special guest on the line, Paul Epstein. Paul is not with us, so we will continue on. Charlie Woolley, president and founding principal of St. Charles Town Company Real Estate. Thank you for the correction. Frank, uh, Frank Locatori, he uh, brought that to my attention. Charlie, so you're back on the line. Frank's here with us, Colfax BID, and uh, Mark Whistler, owner of The Goods, and your partner here at The Goods Restaurant. I mentioned earlier, what was the number, Charlie, that you gave me that um, uh, your properties in particular, did you say something like 90% of them have restaurants? No, I, 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 uh, I would say that's probably, we're, we're moving into a different, we do a lot of affordable housing, and now the, um, the affordable housing projects don't always have a restaurant sure. property. Them. But I, I think I told you earlier that as an urban developer, um, you end up with mixed-use buildings, and if you have ground floors, you know it's inevitable that uh, you have a restaurant tenant on your ground floor. It's, uh, and just because something like 53% of all retail tenants in America today are food and beverage type tenants, so um, you, you know. So one of the things I, I I tell folks is that if you're if you're if you're a landlord of a of a re- restaurant, um, and Mark will vouch for this, you're essentially in the restaurant business, whether you're the landlord or you're the tenant. <laughs> you're in the business yourself because right. you're going to hear about it no matter what. So, so, um, so, so Charlie Frank at at, if, at fifty thousand feet, when you see, because Mike uh, Mark's right here, he's in the fight. He he's in the he's on the battle lines. But at fifty thousand feet, when you see these things, what are some of the challenges that you see? some of the restaurants that are going through right now? Well, I think it's, it's, it's probably the... It's always been a very competitive business, but I think, um, I think the, the bar has been moved up um, you know, for, for all restaurants. I think people are eating out more, and that's the good news. So I think the increased number of restaurants have an increased number of customers. Um, but you, you have to, and Mark knows this, you have to be on your game 
every single day, and you know the and he can tell you what he juggles um, every single day. But I think before we jump into that, I just wanted to talk, Paul's not on the line, or if he is on the line listening, I just wanted to, to say that it's all Paul's fault that I'm on Colfax, because actually it was Paul's idea to look at the Lowenstein Theater as a potential home for Twist and Shout first. And, but it was too big. And, and so he was, the, he was the one who said, do you think that you could convince Tatter Cover to come along too? And so, uh, but for Paul Epstein, I think... Um, Tatter Cover may not have come, and we all may not have ended up on uh, on Colfax Avenue. So um, he deserves the vision. Yeah, when I when I looked at Twist and Shout and the evolution of Twist and Shout itself, you think of a uh, vinyl store, and then you think of you know VHS and Blockbuster and and they're extinct. And then you look at Paul, and it's like, how do you evolve your business to stay relevant? Whether it's whether it's radio broadcast, whether it's television broadcast, whether I mean, how do you change uh, what your business model to be relevant in the world that you live today? So with Paul, and and I wish he was here with us today. um, That's not the case. I would like to do this with all of us around here. And talking about Colfax itself, because that's really the topic of today. And I think it's, uh, it was well said by you, Frank, that um, you know it's your job to make sure that as this rec center opens up across the street here, um, adjacent to East High School as well, that it's your job to make sure that people feel great to come walk across the street and go to the goods, that they feel safe and comfortable and those types of things. So what, what would be your 30-second elevator speech, Frank, to, of, of why that's the case these days? Because it really is. Why it's the case that it's important for a that, safe pedestrian it environment. It is safe at this point in time. I feel great outside there. The streets are well lit. The, uh, the sidewalks are clear. Uh, the crossing's perfect. Uh, it, it seems to be a, a great mix of, of families walking down the street with children and coming out of the tattered cover. And, and how did we come to be? Because it hasn't always been that case. The pedestrian environment is crucial for the success of any business or, or business district because it's uh, as a person walking approximately three miles per hour, it's quite easy to make an impulse buy. I don't need that slice of pizza, but darn, it smells really good coming out of there. I'm going to stop on in and buy that. It's like, oh, yeah, I need to get those things over at the shop over there. Here I am or whatever. I, I can do that quickly and effectively when I'm on foot. And I'm going to be more and more on foot the better that that pedestrian environment is, the more that I can get there safely and the more that I can go, oh, I don't need that cupcake and but it's a, right there across the street and I'm going to go get it and I can do that if easily and safely because it's a safe way to cross the street um, as opposed to having to walk blocks and blocks to get to a, a signalized or get in your car and do like uh, Cheech and Chong did just get in it and drive across the street and park on the other side uh, and that listen that happens right. The, it, it it does happen um, somewhat, but what's what's scarier that happens more often is what uh, a lot of people have been calling Colfax Frogger, in that you're on one sure. side of the street yeah. and you're you know you're looking and you kind of like jump across a lane or two lanes and you stand in the median and then you look the other side and those are scary scary things, mm-hmm. and if we don't take care of that in order to make it safe to cross, mm-hmm. we're gonna. Colfax Avenue, unfortunately, is part of the high injury network, meaning that some of the mo- 
the most crashes, pedestrian-involved crashes, are happening on Colfax. In fact, 14% of the city's uh, high-injury uh, crashes are happening on Colfax, and those are the things that we need to change. Yeah, and address. Charlie, uh, at first blush, so you know a lot about Colfax, you own a lot of properties on Colfax, and some would say you're a visionary to um, kind of stick your uh, head out there, stick your neck out there, and especially with the Savino building that's coming up. But you're a firm believer in Colfax's, their businesses, and, and they're within, right? I'm totally, yeah. I mean, as I said earlier, um, you know, uh, look around the neighborhood and look who lives there. And, you know, it, the demographics, I think, are as strong as in any neighborhood. And, it, it you know, and I... Mark and I talk about this all the time. We have so many audiences to draw from at the goods um, it, that, you know, it, it, it sometimes gets hard. Can you be all things to all people kind of a, a situation? But, um, you know, I, my home's less than a mile from the goods. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm a demographic. Uh, and uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's rich, it's dense, it's diverse. And I think, you know, that's, that's vital, and that's what people are looking for in an urban environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. I can't wait to see what happens with the Savino building. That, uh, the history is, is really, uh, and I think that as people um, come into Colorado, there's less and less locals. So maybe that mystique of all things that were Colfax will just be what it is now. And I think that that's so important to where recognize Colfax for what you see now, for the businesses and the people that make our community. And I think that Colfax is on track to be um, just just what it was always meant to be, the corridor through the city and for such a diverse culture to be able to join together and, and share and celebrate those diversities. Because as you drive down Colfax, which I did today, just out of my own nostalgia, to go through and see each neighborhood and the things and the people that are involved within those neighborhoods to where Colfax is interesting you remember what interesting used to be, guys? You know, uh, you, you, you drive through some suburbs where everything's co so cookie cutter and, and, you know, no slam on Parker or whatever, but you're going to see these big box places and, and there, there's just no uniqueness. And if you want to celebrate diversity and uniqueness and togetherness, that recognize Colfax for what it is today, not what it was in the past. And that's just my two cents. Yeah, I, I'd just like to tag on to that in that um, I, Colfax has the probably the one of the best ways to describe Colfax is that it's always been evolving. It's never been the same. It's never stayed the same. It's always been, you know, turning a, a, a new leaf over. So it used to be the, its original name was the Golden Road, and it was the road that the prospectors took to get to Golden to not find gold. And then after that, you know, and as the economy boomed, there was these grand mansions that were built on Colfax, and then it was called, you know, Grand Boulevard. And then, you know, as you mentioned, you know, with the, you know, Speaker of the House named Colfax, it, it took on his name uh, ultimately. And so it's been nothing but evolutions through boom and bust cycles, silver and, and retail, trolley and streetcar that went down it to the automobile centric, you know, uh, era that we had to now more, you know, getting back into the urban 
kind of grow, where more and more people are moving into the urban centers, both people that are retired and empty nesters that don't need the big houses in Parker anymore for their children are moving, you know, into the city. The millennials, they're, you know, a larger percentage of them aren't having cars and they're moving into the city. So it's constantly in evolution. So what does the 21st century Colfax look like and how do we maintain a character that is going to be somewhat different, but still holds on to the principles of hardworking, you know, salt of the earth type of people. Charlie, final words. Oh, I, I think I, I don't know how you follow up that um, that statement that Frank just made about how do you how do you keep and preserve what has been part of the past and and grow on that for the future. But I I really I think our city is in such a great place right now and Colfax is right down the middle of it and um, and I sure like the future I like the future as well and um, especially when you have guys like Mark Whistler um, holding those reins uh, I don't know that you can go wrong he's a fighter he's a scrapper he brings everything that the community needs together and um, with the opening of the rec center, rec center uh, and, and guys like Frank Locatori, um, we're right on track. Thanks, Charlie. All right. Good night, guys. All right. There he is, Charlie Woolley. Um, so, <laughs> I, I mean, we, I love getting in the weeds and having those conversations. And, Frank, I thank you so much as well. It's going to be good. Are you a cocktail guy? <laughs> I don't say no to much. <laughs> All right, we're gonna we're gonna do cocktails. We're gonna sw- sw- get the music going. We're gonna get it get it up uh, and get that kind of uh, feel going of making cocktails, having fun, and and I'm gonna be bartender here in, in just right past the eight o'clock hour. Jay, get that energy going, low energy guy. All right, go get people around here. Let's get this going. We're gonna have fun. Rocker Spirits is in the house. I'm gonna once I pop up from this, I'll get these people all ready to go and make some cocktails. Come on. He's dragging it out right now, Jay Parker. He's try- I say, Jay, come on, get everybody all amped up and, and tell them we're going to have some fun with these things and cocktails out and, and line them up, and uh, we'll, I think we'll have some fun. So when we come back, uh, Rocker Spirits is going to join us. I think you should stick around for this conversation. You want to do that? Okay, Mike's not on right now, but we'll be back. Okay, live from the Goods Restaurant, Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, Mark Whistler, and we got to thank Frank. Frank Colfax, BID, Executive Director, Business Improvement District. So much fun just watching Colfax grow and grow and grow. Uh, back in a flash, live from the Goods Restaurant, right here, the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. Don't forget to check us out on Instagram and Facebook for all the fun videos and pictures. Just search The Modern Eater. Do you have the goods? If you're looking for a neighborhood restaurant that features gluten-free menu items, stop by The Goods. Whether you're a vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, or even a meat lover, they've got something for everyone. Do you love a great sandwich? How about wood oven roasted vegetables on multigrain bread with rosemary mayo and olives, vegan and certified gluten-free? Or for the meat lover, try one of their most popular menu items. The Paleo Bowl, with house-smoked pork, wood-oven-roasted veggies, two sunny-side-up eggs, and Indonesian sambal sauce. It's delicious. As a friendly neighborhood restaurant featuring dinner, brunch, and full bar with two happy hours daily, they truly care about you, the customer, and desire to provide an extraordinary dining experience for everyone. They're family and children-friendly, and even have a playroom for the little ones. The Goods, a friendly neighborhood restaurant, offering a wide menu of gluten-free and vegan options. And they don't forget about meat lovers with a staff that really cares. On East Colfax, directly connected to the Tattered Cover Bookstore. Hungry? TheGoodsRestaurant.com 
The most delicious hot dogs in Denver are at Billy's Gourmet Hot Dogs. Signature dogs, specialty dogs, gourmet sausages, homemade, hormone-free, 100% single-sourced meat, and never any artificial flavors or coloring. You can taste the difference. 24th and Larimer, near Coors Field, plus food truck, street carts, and at Fiddler's Green. Savor the best damn dog in Denver. Billy'sGourmetHotDogs.com With people while they were here. We didn't know. I don't. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think we really knew what was uh, going down. Put put that closer to your mouth. Yeah, that's what you tell me every show, night. Show me with your <laughs> mouth live. We're ready. Okay, back at it at the Goods Restaurant right here, the Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio. And I got to tell you about uh, the uh, the best man that I know. His name's A Plus Bever Solutions, and Jeff Rourke, seven two zero two seven two thirty eight zero nine. He installs draft lines, and there's none better. And uh, Punchbowl Social, Lost Highway Brewing, Old Chicago in Brighton, and Lucky Pie in Niwot. Tap fourteen. He just did the build out for, and it's so important to have draft lines that are efficient. And uh, Colorado craft beer is so delicious, and that's all they serve at last high at uh, Tap 14. So if you get down to Tap 14, you'll know why that Colorado craft beer is so delicious, it's because he's pouring efficient beer. There's no foam, the temperature's right, and there's no better man. A-plus beverage solutions. Get an A-plus report card from Jeff Rourke. Give him a call, 720-272-3809. Jeff Rourke and A-plus beverage solutions. Now it's time for the Modern Eater's Booze in the News segment. I like my beer cold, my meat grilled, and my entertainment explosive. All we need is a, is a chair and a, and a cooler beer. Here's your booze news. All right, we're back at it. The Modern Eater Show on iHeartRadio, live from the Goods Restaurant. It was so much fun talking to Charlie Wooley and Frank Locatori, along with Mark Whistler, Jay Parker, Greg Hollenbach joining us right now, Dustin Evans, owner and uh, distiller at uh, Rocker Spirits, along with T.J. Vitlachill from Brigade Society POS. Okay, here's the deal, guys. Welcome to the show, first of all. Thanks for having us. Yeah, you Thank bet. you. So, Dustin, TJ, we're going to do a little exploratory mission tonight because I think it's so important, and I see this all the times in restaurants and bars, that um, inconsistency, the cocktails that are on their program, the booze that they use, and the purveyors that give them that booze, not having any vested interest at all, it's just the bartender's favorite booze they pulled off the shelf, so it's very difficult for actual great craft cocktails with spirits like Rocker Spirits to how do you have that vested interest. And I think creating a bar program with a couple, two, three cocktails that are very, very um, consistent and, um, and, and consistency, I think, is one thing because you come into a restaurant or a bar, you sit down, and one bartender is going to serve you a different cocktail than the next bartender on their next shift. And that's difficult when you want to go to a restaurant or a bar. So first of all, guys, thank you and welcome. It flirt, first blush, do you see that a lot yourselves? Uh, TJ, we'll start out with you. Yeah, less and less as the, the golden age of cocktails has kind of really become mainstream. But you still see it even in great cocktail programs. So from a bar that doesn't have a program to a bar that has a su- successful program, you'll see that inconsistency. And the one thing that we definitely do at Rocker is it doesn't matter who's making your cocktail. Everything is done the same every single time. Yeah, but you're batching things out. 
Right. And you've got to be able to utilize those things. So scratch cocktails. And again, our mission tonight, I'm going to make an old Greg fashion. An old Greg fashion because I love old fashions. And I have my own recipe, but Mark may have his own recipe for that. You may have one. And I think it's pretty subjective to how you do those things. But you have to have good cocktails. And I think, and jump in anybody uh, here. Would you agree that probably the old-fashioned is one thing that you should really do good at your restaurant bar? It's absolutely, and it's but it's one of the cocktails that is harder to make than you'd think because if you don't understand dilution, you don't have the right ice machines, uh, you don't know how to stir a cocktail properly, you get distracted and you go and you work on the point-of-sale system, you come back and it's over-diluted, it can be harder to make those cocktails consistently. Yeah. They're not hard drinks to make. But to have them consistent is, is almost harder than shaking a cocktail with citrus in it. So we're going to have fun. I'm going to make mine. You're going to go, Greg, here's all the things you did wrong. No, no, no. And no. then we're going to, yeah, because that's what I want to know. I want You're going to have to make me three then so I know if they're consistent or not. Okay. Why, yeah. why not? Can I do yeah, that? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to have fun. We're going to make cocktails. I think this is so cool. And learning is really what it's all about, Mark, right? And right. consistency is the name of the game for you as yep. well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, especially with our food. You know, I mean, it's the exact same thing. It's got to be the same same product every single time. I totally understand what you're saying. I brought a uh, bottle opener, so I'm going to open all the bottle of beer <laughs> that people need. <laughs> well, and, and listen, you make a good point because at Gibby's where you're pouring Coors Lights, uh, you know, day in and day out. And Bud Lights. And you'll get an old-fashioned, but here it is. You, you grab a packet of sugar and then, you know, use some water and dilute it, and then you might muddle an orange slice and, and put a cherry with it. And, and no, no knock on any of that, but I think you need to utilize the best of your ingredients and make sure your staff is all trained. So at Rocker, I think one of the neat things that you're going to start implementing and I think tonight's a really test thing, Dustin, is how can you step in for, for bars and that would utilize Rocker whiskey, Rocker rum, Rocker vodka, all great spirits, and make sure that they're highlighted with the consistency not only to help Rocker with sell-through, but to help the restaurant and bar itself to be able to serve cocktails that are delicious that people keep coming back for. Yeah, I think that's a, a credit to TJ, and what TJ has brought to us is uh, what I would say a very progressive cocktail program and if you can properly craft them and highlight your spirits and know what your spirits base ingredients from distillation to a finished cocktail and complement those bring out those unique um, experiences of that cocktail that that's what TJ has really helped us with and um, you know that's all his credit and what a great point so though. fortunate the experience with a cocktail because it shouldn't be just, I mean, you order an old-fashioned, I'll use that for example, but there should be an experience that you're going through with that cocktail itself, uh, a story to be told. And I think that it's important that any great product, any great thing, and Rocker has, I mean, forged with passion. That's Rocker Spirits, man. I'll tell you what, the 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 sweat and tears and blood that you guys do over there in Littleton at your craft distillery is none other. So tonight we're going to do an experimental thing. We're going to go over there. And I think that first it, we should drink rocker just the way rocker should be intended straight up. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's Cold and close. <laughs> and and that, that'll loosen us all up getting ready to go. But I think that it, it, there's a lesson to be learned. And I think that lesson to be learned is taking expertise of somebody like TJ, somebody like me who thinks I know the world about everything, and refining the skills and coming it down to where there's actually a service here for people. And, and I think knowledge is the key to the world, TJ. Uh, 
the older I get. Um, so I owned a cocktail club in St. Louis, Missouri called Blood and Sand. It was a private cocktail club. And I had the idea in my early 20s of how I wanted a drink served. And I wouldn't say that it was pretentious, but it was, it was very finicky. The older I get, I much more enjoy the bar rocker because everything is easy and consistent. We have a lot of fun there. Drinks are served fast. Uh, John and I served um, somewhere around 500 cocktails last night on a Friday night and just the two of us. You can do that if you prepare well. I think I'm more into that consistency. Yeah. I'd rather have a good old-fashioned and a, and a Coors Light anymore than, than go off the You're reservation. You're going to laugh so hard at me when you see how slow I am, DJ. Let's have fun. This is going to be good. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm looking so forward to it. So we're going to wrap up the show. Rocker brought their truck out. Thank you so much. Uh, Mark, thank you thank, so thank much. Thank you guys so much. And thank you guys, Rocker, Thanks for, for having us. Out. Mark, really thank you for having it. us. Yeah. Okay. You guys are amazing. And I think you'll be able to find Rocker Spirits here at The Goods uh, coming up here shortly. So Greg Hollenbach, Jay Parker, thank everybody involved. We have 20 seconds left and have to thank Charlie Woolley, Frank Locatori, uh, Dustin Evans, TJ Vitlachil, and uh, just so much fun being here tonight at The Goods. Mark Whistler, uh, no man better. Thank you so thank much. You. All right. Thank you. Guys we'll be so back much. next week with Carrie Baird live in studio with us at iHeartRadio.